We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough. Step back. Gets up the shot. Banks This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast coming to you live Sunday, March 19th, a few hours after the Thunder defeat the Phoenix Suns 124 to 120. And boy, do we have a big show for you guys tonight. I think vibes are at not an all time high, but a past four years high for sure. We're brought to you by the Athletic Podcast, not the Athletic Podcast wow. Network. I've been listening to many Athletic Pods, <laughs> the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Holy smokes. And DailyThunder.com. I'm your host, Jacob Niffin. We've got Justin Peabody with me. Hello, everybody. We had Taylor for a moment uh, so live close. from a cave in Afghanistan. <laughs> um, Gable <laughs> says, Taylor from the Bat Cave. Um, <laughs> Amen. Taylor's living in the dungeon. <laughs> yeah apparently the dungeon doesn't have reliable wi-fi at the moment who would have thought who'd have thought who'd have thunk so right now it's just me and justin hopefully oh taylor's coming back uh karen says taylor out here looking like dracula <laughs> if you do not already subscribe to our youtube channel you need to make sure to do so so you don't miss out on uh, Taylor living in the same in cave that, that Osama bin Laden was in for a while. <laughs> you too can roast Taylor live <laughs> on YouTube. Uh, hey, Taylor. Uh, I am uh, in between moves. Um, thankful that uh, the in-laws are allowing me the podcast tonight. So uh, hey. <laughs> tomorrow your boy will officially be moved in into the Norman area. Not a boy. There you go. I mean, the question is, will you have home. internet? The, uh, OEC, shout out OEC, uh, feel free to sponsor the podcast. Coming tomorrow. Hey, there you go. You get that that OEC fiber, my guy. Oh, I can't wait. Way that, better than a. Uh, I, I won't roast. I guess the company on here, uh, just in case legal things. I don't know. Uh, way better than the one we had back in Northwest OKC. Touche. 
Touche. <laughs> um, Thunder beat the Phoenix Suns today. Shorthanded Phoenix Suns. No Kevin Durant. No DeAndre Ayton. Thunder beat the Phoenix Suns 124 to 120 in an incredibly fun game. Um, our own Nick Crane was there uh, covering the game. He sat about 50 feet from me today. Uh, so we had about the same vantage point, although Nick got there early and got to get some video of Chet. Yeah, he did. So let's just, let's just go awesome. through the day as it unfolds. Um, <laughs> first part of the day, shout out. He's already uh, in the chat here to Carrie Cicero for h- hooking your boy up with some tickets to the game tonight, or I guess technically this afternoon. Uh, so shout out to Carrie. Carrie's the goat. Nick gets to the game. 1230-ish for a 230 tip-off. And I think, guys, for the first time this season, Chet Holmgren working out pregame. Love it. He's just getting ready for that playing game. That's right. (laughs) Nick posted some videos. Uh, The internet very much enjoyed the videos. A lot of people saying, oh, did Chet put on 5, 10, 15 pounds? Man's bulking up a little bit. Just watching those videos, I mean, Insane. they make they make me irrational, guys. <laughs> like I'm watching Chet catch, catch passes, <laughs> fading to the corner and just burying three after three. Magic. Well, this is why we need JD on the pod because we need the Lord have mercy sounder right now. Lord have mercy. I'm about to bust. There. Who needs JD when you got Justin? That's all I'm good for on the pod. <laughs> um. So, Chet videos make you feel any certain way? He looks healthy, which is really, really exciting. Like, still don't think we're probably going to see him, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, we're not seeing him this year. The the, the play in joke was a joke, <laughs> right? <laughs> but he looked, <laughs> thanks I mean, for clarifying, he looked good. He looked really good, which is, uh, and also the fact that this was his first time, like, they're obviously, uh, feel he's healthy enough to start to get him acclimated with the yeah. day-to-day NBA grind. So we're seeing him go through pregame warmups. I think that's a really big next step and just is another kind of an insight into the bonus of him being in the league this year, even if he's not playing. Um, they talked a lot about getting him that that professional experience. I think t- today was like kind of the first step of that. That's what I was thinking. Actually, too, that- the first step, um, the first big step, step we've seen. Getting that on-court work sitting on the sideline, watching film, like all that kind of stuff. It's, it's building that routine a little bit. Uh, very exciting to see him moving around. Like so far up to this point, it's been, you know, videos at the practice facility, playing against nobody, shot on like 18 times Zoom on an iPhone. And it's like, I feel like I'm dissecting Zapruder footage. So like what we saw today was was exciting because it felt much more real than anything we'd seen up to this point. It was awesome. It was just freaking awesome. Like, you think about it and what this team is going to look like next year. Uh, Nick decided to give me a call on his drive up from Dallas um, for what I thought was going to be a quick, like, five-minute conversation, and I end up sitting in the parking lot at the gym with the pre-workout coursing through my veins on a 35-minute phone call with Nick Crane. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, we had the talk of, like, expectations next year, and you have to remember, like, Chet hasn't played yet, so there's going to be an acclimation period next season. It's not like they're just going to hit the ground and yeah. take off running. Like it's, it's going to take some buildup. They're going to be adding in a rookie from this class. You know, there's going to be this 
it, it's not going to start off beautifully. Yeah. But you look at what the Thunder is able to do with rookies. I mean, my God. We'll get into J Dub in a second. J Dub's <laughs> n- <laughs> not J Dub's best game. Yeah. His fingerprints were all over that game against the oh, yeah. today then. Um, okay, so moving on throughout the day, we got the chat video. Game starts. Uh, Nick and I are standing up there chatting pregame. I've been to a lot of games this season. With the exception of the New Year's Eve game, a lot of people come out to the New Year's Eve game. They're already downtown. They go to dinner. They go to the game. They go to Bricktown. They watch the fireworks, all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of an outlier, right? That's um, a little bit different. Most well-attended and best in-game like experience and like crowd like experience of the past two years, and it's not close. The vibes were so exciting. The vibes, like people were up, standing, cheering, like people were booing the refs. Um, (laughs) You love it. I'm dropping some F-bombs in front of some (laughs) 10-year-olds. Like That's a normal Sunday. Jacob took his shirt off at one point when uh, Baisley had a turnover. Hey, Taylor (laughs) tweeted and joked. He said, nice, like, round of applause for Baisley. I'm sure Jacob's somewhere in there booing. You bet your ass I booed. <laughs> you bet your and you bet every time he touched it, I yelled, Let him dribble. Shoot it. Let him dribble. <laughs> your monster. Shout out to Baisley coming oh, in and getting amazing. roasted like a damn rotisserie chicken by <laughs> my guy Isaiah Joe. Um, so when the tie turned, um, the players and coaches both noticed that atmosphere after the game. Yeah. And for them to say that, uh, and specifically the way um coach Dayton actually mentioned it post game I thought was was really cool and it's exciting it's really exciting it, I think the excitement started to pick up with the fan base it's fun to hear like a guy like Giddy who has literally never gotten to experience it at all like I think Shay got some of it that first year that that he was there there was some like yeah we're gonna rally around this team after PG and Russ that that still existed but Giddy has really not gotten to see it so to hear him kind of fired up about it I think was cool it also makes me realize, not that I didn't realize it before, but every time he was like, yeah, best fans of the NBA, like he's probably lying. It's just mouth service. Yeah. <laughs> because like he hasn't seen it. And he's now not he's gonna like, see oh it. shit. He's not going to see legit. it until there's 18,000 people in matching t-shirts. Thanks to Devin Energy. I forgot who tweeted it today, but someone, someone, one of the reporters had tweeted that giddy quote post game. Yeah. And then somebody else quote retweeted it and said, you haven't even seen us whenever we color coordinate yet. There's a picture of the playoffs. I was like, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So the the crowd, great. Tons of people. It's actually kind of funny. I mentioned this to Nick. I went with my dad to the game. I mentioned this to him as well. When you look at the crowd, like if you guys watching on TV got like a zoomed out view, Loud City was packed, which was awesome. And then you look in the lower bowl, the two corners behind the baskets packed as you get closer to center court really starts to thin out where those more expensive seats are. And then you get to the other end packed and then you get to the mid court on the other side where the pricey tickets are. And it really starts to thin out again, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> We're balling on a budget folks. That's right. Inflation. Yeah. What can you do? <laughs> um, so crowd was absolutely wonderful 
Uh, shout out to Oklahoma City fans who made it out to the game. It was kind of interesting. Before the game, I told my dad, I was like, is this going to be a really well-attended game? The team's playing good. They're making a playoff push. It's a Sunday afternoon game, 2.30. Or is it going to be end of spring break, sunny day, mid-afternoon, so nobody shows up? It was definitely the former. It's awesome. Definitely the former. So shout out to Thunder fans who made it out to the game. Um, your presence was definitely felt. Now I think we can get into the actual basketball. Hey. Anybody uh, want to start us off with a, a big thought or a big takeaway from this game? I can take the lowest of low-hanging fruit. <laughs> Let's do it. Shea Gilgis-Alexander playing at an all-star level and then some. That's where you got to start. 40-piece for Shea, 12 of 24, 16 of 19 from the free-throw line, five boards, four assists, zero threes. one steal, zero threes. Zero threes, zero threes attempted. attempted. Yeah, right. That's absurd. absurd. 19 Insanity. trips to the line. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it didn't matter who they put on him. Which the entire Suns team only shot 24 free-throws. For reference, yeah, they're probably pretty pissed. Probably pissed. <laughs> We've I been on care. the flip side of that. Apparently, uh, the, the Suns broadcast was just livid with the free throw, quote unquote, discrepancy and uh, the calls that OKC was getting. So, I suppose it checks out a little. Regardless, <laughs> that's pretty pretty absurd stat line. Like, just there's literally nobody who can stop Shea, and that's just fascinating to me. Nobody. He's going to come at you the same way, and he has so many different ways of getting to the spot he wants to get at. It doesn't matter. There was somebody tweeted out when Chris Paul was arguing about the the free throw attempts Shea was getting, and he was talking to the ref, and he said, how am I supposed to guard that? And it's like, you're trying to argue that it shouldn't be a foul, but also, like, facts, bro. How are you supposed to guard that? <laughs> yeah. You cannot. Well, there was fact. one specifically where Shea posted Chris up and turned and kind of hooked his arm to get the foul. And Chris was pissed over there so making the, the hooking motion. I was like, bro, who do you think taught him that? Yes, exactly. That's why he was so pissed. The, the future is now, old man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just just a masterclass. 50% shooting, a 40-piece on zero threes. I mean, the flip side, the Thunder have a Devin Booker problem. I mean, the league has a Devin Booker problem. Yeah, but Devin Booker just cooks the absolute piss out of the Thunder every time they play. Every time. Um, did it again today. But those two just dueling back and forth was awesome to watch. So Devin fun. hit a lot more threes because he took a lot more threes. Yep. Devin yeah. took also like four more shots. It's just awesome to for Shea to be able to Go do what he does. Regardless of situation, uh, obviously the biggest one was it over uh, Craig there late in the fourth with like two or three minutes left. Hits the little rock back midi J to kind of seal it for the Thunder. Um, I mean, obviously they had to hit some free throws down the stretch, but yep. that was a uh, shout out Lou Dort. <laughs> shout out Lou Dort, man. And that play, I think you tweeted about Jacob. I think you're on the account today, but that play to end the third, the right before the buzzer, where he just bullies his way through like two or three Suns defenders, finishes through contact, kisses it all. Lefty off class. and one. Oof. After he's the one that forced the steal on the other end. Two way player. That's right. I mean, the the attention to defense. The offensive Very stuff impressive. like is awesome. 
but yeah. it's it's the attention to defense, the yep. blocks, the steals, the being able to guard dudes straight up. The the some of the stuff he's been able to do this season that I think really really takes him and this team to another level. Agreed. Yep. It's been that, awesome. That run the Thunder went on early in the fourth was that that was when the atmosphere was just off the chart. Like I was just grinning at home watching it on TV. The Listen Thunder were down. The crowd go crazy. Thunder were down 190 a minute into the fourth, and then they go on an 18 to two run. I think and it extended as much as 29 to nine. Yeah, yeah, it got it got even bigger, but like it was over. Said. As, soon, <laughs> as soon as that <laughs> happened, like it was done. the The game was in hand, and it felt pretty sure the whole rest of the way. And that was that was awesome. Like that was as close to playoff vibes as we've seen in a long time agreed and i think that kind of goes back to what jacob was mentioning we have booker and shea going toe-to-toe like that uh with obviously the the increased level of play from each team uh, and players on the floor you have two superstars going toe-to-toe in a close game like that on top of it all it's incredibly exciting one of the guys well a couple of the guys i was going to bring up i think really are uh we're seeing in that that run you're mentioning justin because i think of guys like isaiah joe lenny waters the third those guys made huge contributions today. Lindy, not even as much. Like when you think of Lindy Waters having a maybe a big impactful game for the Thunder, you're typically thinking about him hitting shots outside from three, right? I thought he was fantastic defensively today and really made some big things happen. Uh, Isaiah Joe, the same, but he obviously caught fire there, especially in the first half, just to keep the Thunder afloat. I, I just wanted to be guys. noted that that Isaiah Joe 10-point flurry came with Darius Baisley on the court. Just want that to be noted <laughs> for the resist, record. Could you? <laughs> for the record please uh-huh yeah no taylor i think you're honest i'm like i thought lindy gave incredible minutes in the third and the start of the fourth and it wasn't offensively yep i mean he had a block at the rim he had a strip on somebody going up he had a steal on uh none other than darius Baisley, and then a nice run out and then like used his body to sh- shield the the shot block and like extended and finished lefty um, I thought Lindy played awesome in his minutes and he got what, like 22 of them tonight. Yeah. 23. Yeah. 23 minutes. Uh, I just, I thought he played really, really well tonight. Um, they went to that small ball lineup and he responded. And I think another guy that kind of goes in that same bucket, uh, Aaron Wiggins. Oh my gosh. Coach Fourth waited a fourth catalyst. and said, let's throw him out there. And he just goes out there when in time. He's seven good, points. He, does, he like, just does everything you need him to do. I don't even know how many steals he had. I mean, there was literally a highlight clip of him after the game of like his seven minutes of game time <laughs> on both ends of the floor. It's insane. Yeah. It's awesome. I, I love the, <laughs> it's pretty accurate. All the roasting of Taylor in the chat is sublime. It's wonderful. I love it. Keep it going. Um, I, I loved the post game interview. Uh, Jacob, you might not have seen it since you were there in person, but it was Shea, obviously, but he had Wiggins, he had J Dub, he had um Oh J Will and JRE. J Will and JRE all crowding around him. And he was giving J Dub a little bit of grief um for, for his scoring performance tonight. He was shouting out Wiggins uh coming in in the fourth and, and winning the game. Like it was such a cool atmosphere Jalen wasn't here today or something yeah, like that he said something like Jalen wasn't with us today or something like that <laughs> so good like I, the 
the vibes on this team in the locker room just seem like they're off the charts. And I think that's what's so fun about this and the turning of the corner. Like it's exactly like when you watched Thunder 1.0 grow up and they go from the Browingtons to being like legit and taking the Lakers to six games. And we're headed that way. And it's happened faster than I think we anticipated, but Mm -hmm. I think it's so much fun, like more so than the X's and O's and the future. Like it's those types of moments as silly as they are. Like we're going to look back on that in 10 years on like, Hey, remember when they, you know, beat the Suns on their way to the, their first playoff appearance. And and they were all on the the court doing the post-game interview. Like those are the little things that I think always stick out as a fan. Yeah, it's it, it was awesome. You know, I, I think in Shay's media availability afterwards, he said we're like a bunch of high school guys because we're just yeah, around yeah. each other all the time. None of us have families or kids uh, besides Ken Rich, the old man of the team. Here's <laughs> what, 26? Right. Yeah. Um, but they're all, I mean. And you see that, right? They Each just hang out. Post. They play video games. They hoop. Right, yep. exactly. They just Goals. happen to have millions of dollars. Yeah, Shay's caption after each game, J-Dub translating. So good. Every, every time somebody, po- like one of the players uh, do a, a, a photo dump, there's always like a random one of like one of the other teammates, like wearing the Poku sunglasses or whatever it may be. It oh, really yeah. is like a bunch of high schoolers in the, yep. in the locker room, which is fun because those are like some of my favorite memories growing yep. up, right? Totally. The Browingtons. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, Browingtons 2.0. It's awesome. Um. So we talked to Lindy. We talked to Shay. Maybe a rougher one to bring up. Uh, not rough in this game, but some things I want to talk about maybe. like Not the sexiest stuff. Lou Dort, man. This man, there is no middle ground. <laughs> there is, I am cooking, or the kitchen is on fire, like the SpongeBob gif where he's like trying to blow the crusty crab because it's all ablaze. It's like one of those two. Lou today, like, so his main assignment was Devin Booker. We saw how how that one. That was from forty six points on twenty eight shots. Not great. Tough. But Lou himself today, twenty points on seven of eleven shooting, four of six from three. Only made two free throws, two of two from the free throw line. Pretty ballsy free throws, I'd say. Three rebounds and assist. He did have five fouls. I mean, crazy efficient. He also played this way during the last home game, Tuesday, against the Nets, which got me thinking. And in both of those games, the majority of those points came in the second half, right? Mm -hmm. Or am I making that up? No. No. It got me thinking, what's the split look like? Home and road for uh, for our guy, Lou Dort. Um, so at home on the season, 34 games, Lou shoots 43.5% from the field on 12.5 field goals a game. Okay, so 43.5%. You guys want to take a guess what he shoots on the road? 28%. I was going to say... Again, it's 43 and a half at home. Um, 35. 35.6. Ooh, well done. I went too low. Three-point percentage. At home, he shoots 5.83s a game. He's 37%. It's pretty respectable. On the road, he shoots just a little bit less, 5.2. Any guess what he shoots on the road? 
What'd you 30, say it was at home? Home is 37%. 37. Away, like 32. I would say that, that the 28. I would, that's what I, I'm going to go 29. You guys split the difference. It's 31. Okay. Okay. Free throw percentage is, it's actually kind of wild. He shoots nearly the exact same free throws, 3.5 and 3.4. And the percentage is 78 and 78.4. So pretty identical. Um, Plus minus. At home, Dort is a plus 2.9. On the road. Solid. What do you think he is on the road? Oh, man. Minus seven. That's a huge number, just for context. That's a huge number. <laughs> it feels like that. Game that. plus minus, like net rating, like minus. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, what'd you say it was at home? Two point nine plus two point nine. I'm gonna say, good. I'm gonna say minus three, minus one point seven. Mm-hmm. So that's a difference of about five, yeah. which is that's big. pretty substantial. Yep. I haven't looked at the other players. But the eye test matches the stats in this case. Yeah. When they are at home and when Lou shoots the ball well, they're really good. Yep. And when they're on the road and Lou doesn't shoot the ball well, they really struggle. Yep. And it's it's just an interesting tidbit to kind of ponder as this team moves forward, you know? And, and the Thunder as a whole are a lot better at home mm-hmm. than on the road. And I would imagine, like, I think Lou maybe doesn't have as much benefit of the doubt on the, like, tenure in the NBA thing. But I think, you know, in general, younger players tend to be way more comfortable at home, do way better at home than on the road. So I would imagine you'd see somewhat similar things. Um, but I think it's it's how drastic it is, like mm-hmm. you just said, Jacob. Like, it's the, the difference in like three point percentage. That's a huge difference. I'd be kind of yeah. surprised if anybody's was, was that high. Golden well, state and, warrior and, Lou Dort. Yeah. Gold, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like this one is, is kind of like a no shit stat, but when you split his, his splits between wins and losses and wins, he shoots 45% from the floor and losses. It's 35 and wins, it's 39% from three. In losses, it's 29. In wins, he's a plus 8.6. In losses, he's a minus seven. So it real. I mean, yeah. I'm sure other players might There's have stats seven. that are similar. Yeah, there you go, Taylor. <laughs> kind of similar to that. Yeah. But it really feels like, it almost feels like Dort is kind of like the, the swing for this team. If like everyone else is kind of set in stone, yeah. And if Dort plays good, we swing this way and we win. And if Dort plays bad, we swing this way and we lose. Just kind of an interesting observation. I think a lot of it probably has to do with volume. And I think that's that's been the thing that has kind of... And we've been remarking on it since pretty much week one of the season. Is like the shooting volume from Lou Dort went way up from the, from the get-go this season. And early on, it was like a hypothesis of, you know, are they just trying to try something new as he been working with chip england like what's going on here but it's kind of sustained through most of the season and i think that's what makes it feel so drastic mm-hmm. because if if somebody else on this team if a if a lindy waters or a um who else like a usman jang 
or even like Isaiah Joe most nights. Like they're not making that much of an impact because they're not shooting with that high of a volume. Mm-hmm. And so everything he does feels that much more loud on this roster. And I'd be curious, like, I know we, we've talked a lot about like long-term fit with Lou Dort on this team. I think a lot of issues get solved with Lou Dort going back to a more Lou Dort-esque shot volume and like kind of reducing that offensive role. Maybe that changes when Chet comes back. Like maybe that's the facilitator to this. Uh, maybe it's changing up the starting lineup and bringing Lou off the bench. I don't, I don't know where that comes in, but I could see that kind of helping a lot of that loudness when Lou Dort doesn't play a good game uh, just by reducing that volume. That's a conundrum I've like gone back and forth on all season, Justin, because like you said, we saw it at first. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. d- development, roster exploration. You're right. doing the same with Lou Dort. Do you, are you just wanting to see, to see, see him refine these parts of his game, give him more reps because next season he won't have as many opportunities to do so. Will he just go back into a more refined role, kind of like his his rookie season, right? On the flip side, like you said, we've seen other guys like J-Dub step up. We've seen this team become more defined. Uh, rotations tighten up a bit, not a ton, but a bit. And yet, to your point, we're still seeing a lot of attempts from Lou Dort, which have been beneficial to this team, like Jacob broke down earlier at, at times, but also kill the team at other times. I think another reason why they're they're so loud is because they're so disruptive to the system that OKC has in place that makes them feel much more louder uh, than they actually may be or may yeah. seem. Um, so all that being said, like I, I'm still no more confident that he can go to a more refined role and Chet's back next season as much as I want him to. Does that make sense? Like I'm, I'm very torn. I'm curious mm-hmm. both of your guys' thoughts on thoughts there. That's, I think that's fair. He's definitely the squeaky wheel of the bunch, right? His game isn't as fluid. It's not the, I mean, the decision making. We talk about it all the time. Um, it doesn't fit with the rest of them. And and Justin, you may be onto something that maybe next season. He's playing off the bench. I mean, you have him in because he is your like go-to point of attack defender. Yep. May I, I feel like I'm gonna have a few hot takes on this show tonight. Maybe a hot take. As early as next October, I don't know if he's the Thunder's best defender, perimeter defender. Ooh, that's a little hot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. J-Dub I mean, the, the six-six guy with a seven-three yeah. wingspan <laughs> is, has a pretty damn high ceiling. Touche. Yes. You know. I think that's fair. I, and I think that as the Thunder continue to bring people in, like the number of shots per game, maybe that goes down. Um, maybe there's an opportunity to get him, you know, more in the like seven to eight range instead of the 11 to 12 range in terms of field goal attempts. And maybe that, yeah. that cleans things up a bit. For sure. Um, okay, enough Dort talk couple other things we can hit from this game. Let's hit one more player, and then I have kind of a a bigger picture thought, I guess. Um, the player that I wanted to hit on was J-Dub. Um, I thought he had a fascinating game, but is there somebody else that you guys want to hit on? Do you want to talk uh, Josh Giddy? You know, just a pedestrian 16, 6, and 6 <laughs> on over 50% from the field for Josh Giddy. You know. Need my guy to get those numbers up so I can get some more Tim Tams headed my way. That's right. I think you only got like three coming your way right now. I know. That's but not that's, enough. It's three more than me. <laughs> he's had so, so, he's had so many, so many. So that, many almost. Yes. Like yeah. One board away or th- something like that. Such a tease. Definitely. Um, we mentioned Isaiah Joe. That dude was like supernova certain parts of the game today. Um, 
awesome. Uh, uh, game high plus 12 for Isaiah Joe. Isaiah Joe in there for critical defensive possessions. Yeah. Yeah. He's grown a lot. Like Dude, big. He's he's got some game, man. It's it's been fun. But let's talk J Dub. J Dub had a very interesting stat line tonight. Um one of six from the floor. Five points. Only took six shots. That's surprising to me. That's less than Shea, Giddy, Dort, uh, Lindy Waters, and Isaiah Joe. Uh, five points for Jalen Williams, one of six shooting. That's bad. Oh, of two from three. That's bad. Three of four from the free throw line. That's fine. Except the one he missed was kind of a big one. 10 rebounds, five assists, two steals and a block. It felt like he didn't score much. And so he just made his impact felt in a ton of other places. The block specifically for me guys. And and this will tie into the last thing I wanted to talk about, which is small ball. They put J-Dub in at center against both Bismack Biombo and Jock Landell, who I tweeted looks like Cole Aldrich's Aussie cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Jock Landell catches the ball in a post-up position in the restricted area, turns around to go up for a pedestrian dunk, and just gets that shit force-fed back down his throat. By a 6-6 guard. Unreal. I mean, J-Dub just has this innate ability just to make winning basketball plays. And recently it's been really flashy and really fun and high scoring. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that tonight, but I felt like he was still very impactful. Equally effective. Way. Agree completely. He had his imprint. Like, like I said, I think I said at the beginning of the podcast has handprints quite literally all over the game today. Um, and him being able to just adjust to whatever role is needed from him, I think is an extremely uh, underrated quality that he has. I, I I can't remember who it was, and I feel bad for not crediting them. But through the NCAA tournament, I saw an, an uh, NBA prospect evaluator uh, mention a player being like a a basketball chameleon, and that's kind of what J Dub is, right? Like he can adjust to whatever role is needed needed from him. That's what makes him extremely versatile. And we I think that was on full display today on both the offensive and defensive end, even even if he wasn't scoring. Yep. And to be that impactful when you're not scoring as a rookie just continues to amaze me, uh, the things he's able to do. And and like you said, Jacob, obviously it's a, it's a bigger theme, but having more and more players capable of doing that allows you to be able to do so much on the other end of the floor and just makes it even harder. Like I, I think somebody put it, the Suns were having to adjust to the Thunder rather than the Thunder adjusting to the Suns at that point. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a, a great position of advantage on the basketball court. Yeah, he he was awesome. Uh, and I think that like no matter what the stat line says, that's usually the takeaway. Like there's not many games you can point to this season where it was like, well, J-Dub played like crap. <laughs> like he's always finding a way to impact the game and, and do, like you said, Jacob, winning basketball plays. And I think that having somebody who can go off, like if Shea's not playing, who can step up and take that scoring load, but who can also like, step back and Shay can drop a 40 piece and he can still find ways to impact the game even without the ball in his hands. I think that's huge. I think that avoids the my turn, your turn dilemma that we saw so much in like the Russ Harden KD era where all three of those guys like had to kind of take turns on scoring because that's how they were impacting the game primarily. Uh, not that J-Dub is on that level as those three players not implying that, but I think that 
having a guy who can come in and impact the game without the ball in his hands, without putting the ball in the basket, and you still walk away from the game being like, yeah, J-Dub, J-Dub had a big part in winning this game. I think that's huge. Totally agree. And I think Taylor was really hitting on something there as well as far as you're a rookie who's shooting poorly in a game. And instead of let, letting that impact your confidence and kind of detaching from the game or getting frustrated or letting it bleed over into other aspects, the mindset was, where else can I be effective? Yep. Where else can I make an impact? I felt like he did struggle tonight, um, specifically with bigger guys defending him. Um, Tory Craig is a big dude. Um, and it felt like he was all up in J dub, um, from the word go, like there was possessions in the first quarter where J dub is bringing the ball at the court, getting hounded, um, 70 feet from the hoop. And it just felt like it took him out of his rhythm. So shout out to, to Tory Craig, but still for J dub to find ways to be impactful on other spots of the court, I thought was, uh, just a great sign of growth, a great sign of maturity. Yeah. Um, he's awesome. Yeah. He's awesome. That's all I can say. And kind of reminds me of like we talked about Aaron Wiggins coming in after not playing at all until yeah. the fourth quarter and yeah. having that big impact. It's kind of like a team wide mentality that these young guys have bought into. So, um, you know, obviously props to Mark for instilling that with this, this young team. Definitely. You know what's kind of interesting? There's been a lot of J Dub comps, people trying to figure out like what type of player does J Dub compare closest to. So on basketball reference, you can go on and you can pick two players and compare their statistics and you can do like the entire career or specific seasons. I compared J-Dub on basketball reference the other day to another guard with like a super plus wingspan who came in the league on a team, a little more veteran team, but a team that kind of had a trajectory like this team made a strong push at the end of the year, made the playoffs, made a little bit of noise in the playoffs. That player uh, played really good in the playoffs, especially defensively, and has gone on to have a really good career. And their statistics are nearly identical. You guys know who I'm talking about? Michael Bridges? He wears a number two. Oh, Shay. J-Dub and Shay's rookie stats interesting. are almost identical. Huh. That's, That's really interesting. And it's, underrated prospects in college. It's like. crazy. So um, now that I'm speaking of it, I probably need to pull it up. So um, <laughs> while you guys talk a little bit more about J-Dub, I'll get this pulled up real quick and uh, I'll, I'll stream it here on the show so people can see. Well, that is interesting. I mean, obviously, Shea goes to Kentucky, so we can't call him too underrated, but he only had like so many offers yeah. coming out of high school. Um, we, you know, it's well documented his time in Kentucky. He uh, goes from like, I think he was the lowest recruit in that class to being like the sixth man for that team, eventually working his way into the starting lineup in that tournament run. Uh, J Dub, obviously, under recruited in high school, has a big growth spurt. Um, his first year or two in college was under-recruited uh, at Santa Clara. He grows a little more. He goes from playing point guard to essentially being able to do a little bit of all of it. Um, we, we mentioned on our draft podcast that we did, uh, our live pod, about the similarities in their game and how they get to the basket. Yeah. And I do continue to see some shades of J-Dub. And I think a it's no coincidence. Unconventionality to both of their games. That's perfect. Okay, so hopefully you guys on the stream can see um, 
JW, you're older, obviously spent a lot more time in college. Their minutes per game, 26 to nearly 30 for J-Dub, which is stupid for it's a rookie. amazing. <laughs> uh, J-Dub has more field goal attempts. They shot within two percentage points from three. Uh, J-Dub shoots 8% better from the two point from wow. inside the line, which is, again, Crazy. almost the same free throw attempts on the same efficiency. Uh, total rebounds are pretty close. Assists are very close. Turnovers are very close. The exact same blocks, the exact same turnovers. Uh, J-Dub scores about three points more per game. When you look at their per 36, uh, you factor in that minute difference. uh, It gets even closer as Mm. far as rebounds. Like J-Dub's a better rebounder. Uh, Shea was a little bit better of an assister, but the steals, the blocks, the turnovers, the free throws, the points, all very, very, very similar. I just found that fascinating. The question is, would J-Dub be a throw-in in a Paul George deal? Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> throw-in's not fair. That's too harsh. Um, we've gone for 40 minutes about this game. Uh, anything else you guys want to touch on? Or are you ready to move on to uh, maybe some some bigger picture Thunder discussion? Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. First thing I have, Thunder got some national love this week, guys. Like, there is some buzz around this team, around J-Dub specifically. Everybody in basketball, like, let me rephrase that. Everybody in basketball outside of the Orlando metro area (laughs) loves Jalen Williams. And if you live within the Orlando metro area, you are very upset that people are mentioning J-Dub as a potential rookie of the year candidate. Like, we all know Palo's going to get it. But the story, the story People love a narrative, and that's all this is. I mean, and they love a comeback. Yeah, like <laughs> Thunder had the number two pick. Is you know, is it Chet going to be rookie of the year? But then he gets hurt, and now their number twelve pick has put himself in this position. Like, I don't think there's any way he actually wins it over Palo. But it's it, that's a fun story. Let, let me just post All Star break. J Dub is twenty points, six rebounds five assists, two steals a game on 55-43-84 shooting. They've got 12 games left? 
11? Yeah. 12. I think right around there? Yeah. If they finish the season and J-Dub continues to average those stats on that efficiency for these last 11, 12 games, and they leapfrog the play-in and make the sixth seed, <laughs> he's at least got a chance to win it, right? Because, I mean, Paulo started crazy good. Crazy good. But last month, Paulo also shot like 6% from three. <laughs> right. Right. It, yeah. I Sure. I think he, I guess he could have a chance, hypothetically. Do, do they finish voting before the playoff starts? That is a good question. I do not know that. I think so. I think I they're think all they regular season awards. Because um, I yeah. was going to say, Thunder make the playoffs and J-Dub drops like, a 40 piece while they go make some noise in the first round. Like, okay, and we all do a then, shirtless yes. podcast. Like, yes, <laughs> then, then we can have that conversation, but I, I kind of think the voting is over before the playoffs. Yeah. I just think, I it, think it's, it's going to be Paulo. I just wanted to play devil's advocate there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe my favorite J dub love of the week came from a guy. I think we all really enjoy listening Two, reading his work, really respect his draft coverage. Sam Vicini, who I forget who his podcast guest was. Uh, Taylor, do you remember that guy's name off the top of your head? <laughs> I, I, I'll look it up while you mention what Sam said. Okay. Um, so they're talking about young guys that have the potential to like become stars. And J-Dub, they didn't talk about J-Dub first. They talked about Jaden Ivey first. Because but the they guy said, covered, I think, Detroit potentially. Or yeah, had a connection. They said there, J-Dub's yeah. the top of the list. They just didn't talk about him first. Sam Vecini comped J-Dub to a Luca Light. Which is, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Uh-huh. And then his podcast guest... Made. Jason Timph um, from the Volume Network, which is uh, Colin Coward's network, yeah. and Hoops Tonight. There you go. Which is pretty big. Hoops Tonight's pretty big. Um, so Jason comped him to half Jalen Brown, half Jimmy Butler. I just love it. That guy wins every fist fight in the history of the world. <laughs> I kind of see it, though. Like, the power athlete... Funny. I was thinking that, amen. <laughs> I, w- I didn't say it out loud. <laughs> amen said because we all knew Luca is heavy. Uh, That's funny. Taking the light, literal. I love it. Playing off of two feet, like low center of gravity, being able to move guys, drawing like crazy contact at the rim. I kind of like the, the Jimmy Butler, Jalen Brown comp. If he can get there defensively, you have a goddamn monster. Yeah. Both of those comps make me tingly. I know. Like, <laughs> that's absurd. Uh, and I think it's just, it. it's crazy to have that amount of national recognition. Like, I would expect a comp like that to come from an idiot like us or another <laughs> Thunder podcast, right? Like, we're supposed to be a little bit irrational, but somebody like Vecini calling him Luca light. Like that's absurd. Yeah. And whether or not he was being literal, probably not, but still like even mentioning him in that same breath 
is pretty freaking exciting if you're now one fan. thing that was exciting again about what Vizzini was talking about wasn't just about like the present and what we've seen from him so far but he continued to touch on the future yeah and he went back to something we've talked a lot about as well being how well j-dub shot the ball in college at santa clara and how he feels like we still haven't seen that and how he still thinks that is there and will continue to develop yeah. and if you can imagine j-dub getting some like off the dribble three-point or separation moves and be able to pull up. We've three, seen flashes, the step backs. Yeah. And scary. I just keep going back to there's been multiple times this season where members of the media have asked Mark about J Dub and the dude's face just lights up like my face did on Christmas morning when I got that see-through green Nintendo 64 when I was 10 years old, the Donkey Kong edition. <laughs> yes. About this kid's defensive upside. Just how his anticipation, his tenacity, how the game's starting to slow down for him, how he's starting to use his physicality. And I just, I can't stop thinking about the defensive upside with Dub, what we've seen from Shea. Giddy has good size. He struggles a little bit today down the stretch. Whenever the Thunder went small, Phoenix like hunted giddy switches for yeah. Devin Booker. I thought he held up all right. Mm-hmm. And then you throw the seven foot one with the seven five reach, or the seven five wingspan, the 10 foot six reach, or whatever it is on the backside for the rim protection. Like, this team's identity moving forward, I think, is on the defensive end. And I think a lot of that has to do with Jada. Totally. It's awesome. I, I also, um, this is a sidebar, but while I was mowing the lawn for the first time this season today, and I, I cranked through like three backlogged episodes of The Uncontested, and it is literally true that I think we talk about, imagine if this team had Chet on yeah, every, every single, single episode. Where's Amon started- in the chat? He's he's got to have our requisite once a podcast chat mention. Yes. And uh, then I started making a parody of John Lennon's "Imagine" in my head. Imagine if we had Chet <laughs> hanging in the post. <laughs> so anyway, Silva, we're ripping that audio. Sound by the Forty-eight twenty without losing a bet. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah you like that? Mark it down. <laughs> there he is our guy Aiden's right on got us. right on cue the obligatory man. wait till this team has chet comment i love it <laughs> more national love you two haven't listened to this so i'm excited no. to, to like break this to you on friday uh zach Lowe of espn did his low post podcast I forget who his first guest was but it was like a team specific <laughs> guest i think that i, I just didn't want to well. listen to oh there you go um, i didn't i skipped the first half because i didn't want to listen it was the red rocket himself the the red mamba uh scalabrine oh there you go yeah <laughs> brian scalabrini uh talking about boston i had no interest in that um but the second half was zach Lowe and kevin pelton talking about the west playoff race they talked about the race for two between memphis and sacramento they talked about the race for four which has like two or three teams and then the race for six, which is like everybody else. He listed off everybody, but he drew the line at Portland. So we're not going to talk about Portland. You got to be good to be in this conversation. I just absolutely love that. 
because uh, Portland sucks. <laughs> they have no no hope moving forward. Like Jeremy Grant's a free agent. They can't trade any of their first. Dame's yeah. getting older. Like they're cooked. And they mentioned OKC like just briefly. And Zach said that he went to a game in New York this weekend, either a Knicks or a Nets game. I don't know which. And some agents were joking with him about, oh, you know, Sam Presti's going to pull the plug here pretty soon for that 1% chance at Victor. And Zach said, they're just freaking good. And they're going to make the play-in. And they might make the playoffs. And that is awesome experience for those young guys, led by Shea, led by, you know, this rookie J-Dub who's just been phenomenal. And then next season, they get Chet back. And he's just like, basically mimicking the uncontested podcast for like five minutes talking about the thunder uh, and saying they're not going to shut it down. They didn't touch long on the thunder though. And then at the end of the show, Zach says, well, Kevin, we didn't talk about a lot of teams. Is there someone else you want to go a little bit deeper in on? And Kevin said, well, I think you're on the money with the OKC thunder. Like they've got an awesome young team. They're a really good defensive team. They're putting it together offensively. And this is where... So I was listening to this in the car with my wife on our way home from dinner Saturday night. Romantic. And Honey, pull over. <laughs> basically, I was like, we got to turn the flashers on and get on the side of the road. Your boy's about to have a stroke. <laughs> Zach said, I want to get this right. This, this is paraphrase. I'm not going to get it verbatim. May said... They could be the seventh seed. And if they get in the seventh seed and play the Kings or the Memphis Grizzlies, who's got the best player in that series? Because it's Oklahoma City. And if you have the best player in a playoff series, you got a damn good chance to win that series. So Zach Lowe is over here writing fanfic about us being in the second round. (laughs) Oh. Saying Shea would be the best player in a Thunder Memphis series. Amazing. Meaning, We've come a long way. From, I, uh, I respect the hell out of Zach Lowe. And he's talking, he is saying Shea over Jaw right now. Yeah. He also Remember when we debated stopped, that? talks to a lot of GM, uh, GMs, <laughs> GMs <laughs> and people around the league as well. Uh, and he wouldn't just be throwing stuff out if he, if he thought it was just going to get completely shut, uh, shot down. And so, yeah. That's a that's pretty lofty praise. And that's yes, Justin, big. We compared Shay to what Trey, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell one still feels pretty pretty fun. I feel like Shay versus Jaw. Like two years ago, we had that conversation a lot, and then Jaw kind of came onto the scene very loudly, and it was like, well, okay, maybe not. Like tap the brakes a little bit. But I think that yeah, that discussion that discussion is is real again. Yeah, and I think. It take my <laughs> my words with a grain of salt. I'm very clearly a homer. Like he's past Trey Young. Agreed. I don't think it's close. Agreed. Justin's yeah. over there. You know the meme of the guy that's like holding his breath and his face is red with the vein popping out. That's what Justin looks like right now. <laughs> I yeah. I well. I have a lot of thoughts. Oh, you Trey Young. Watch Trey. Yeah, <laughs> Trey yeah, Young yeah. is a very polarizing uh, player. Uh, but put put Shea on the Hawks, and like you think Shea couldn't replicate what Trey did with Atlanta in the playoffs? I absolutely put Shea on the Hawks, him. and they don't need to go trade for Dejounte Murray because your yeah. starting point guard can't play any defense. Yeah, yeah, 
So that Zach Lowe comment brings us now full circle. Incredible. <laughs> we got to talk playing, boys. Because, Justin, I'm sorry. You've been on the record okay. post-All-Star break. Listen. Tank of Commander Team Tank. Justin. And that's fine. There's a lot of Thunder fans that are Team Listen, Tank. Listen. The ship has sailed. Two weeks ago on this here podcast, I said, I think we'll know within two weeks hey, there where you go. the team is 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 going to focus their efforts. I think it's pretty obvious. They they are pushing for the play-in. Had they not won as many games as they did over those last two weeks, I think we'd be having a very different conversation right now. And yeah, I think they had a built-in excuse with the ab injury. Yeah, you'd see some levers getting pulled, some decisions being made. But I think it's quite the opposite. Like Presty, to use his own words, they've they have declared themselves. 100%. And I think that yeah, it's very obvious. It's and maybe we'll still jump for Wimby. Who who's to say? The the tank is like the Clippers airplane. It's been struck by lightning. It's it's done. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? I I, I literally would have pooped my pants on the airplane. Oh my gosh, I would have passed out. I read this article, we're rabbit hole real quick. I read this article the other day about US air traffic and how since the pandemic there's been like a lot of really close calls especially on the oh, runway. Nice. Including one like a couple of weeks ago that two planes like 150 feet apart. What? And they were talking about two years ago. Nobody even brought it up. This American Airlines flight took off from Honolulu and in midair just dropped and only caught itself like 700 feet above the Pacific Ocean. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> we would have had to pull a Fast and the Furious 2 ejecto seat because I'm going out the window. Like my anxiety. <laughs> couldn't even imagine. Anyways. That's where the Thunder Tank is at. It's free falling over the Pacific yeah, Ocean right yeah. now. Like it's over. My favorite scenario is your um speaking of fanfic, your Thunder beat the Clippers in the play in to put the Clippers in the lottery and then Get we use our me. pick swap and Straight jump in the lottery. Straight into the bloodstream. Baby. The first time you brought that up, that was a ridiculous scenario. And hey, today, if they beat the Clippers two scenario. times next week, right. it could happen. really happen. It's very realistic. Shea over Russ, the old versus the new, dude. J Dub and on PG. Could you imagine half court logo shot? Shea could waves you, goodbye. Could you, <laughs> could you imagine a playing game in Oklahoma City against the Clippers, where Russ Magical. does some rush shit at the end of the game to win it for OKC? Wait, my oh, point guard. I see what you're saying. <laughs> I got confused, but I'm following now. Yeah, dude. That I mean. That go ahead and go ahead and print the Disney Plus movie right now because that's storybook. <laughs> I love it. Thunder currently at eighth in the standings. Uh, they are a full game up on the eleventh seeded Los Angeles Lakers uh, and the twelfth seeded New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans did beat the Houston Rockets tonight. Uh, Portland's cooked. They're thirty four and thirty seven. Um, did they win tonight? Did they beat the the Clippers? No, the Clippers are up 12 with four minutes to go. Um, so if Portland loses tonight, like they are done, done. Uh, the Thunder currently only a half game out of seven. A game out of six. Uh, I think it might have been Taylor who tweeted this today. Uh, some Dallas reporter was tweeting yeah. like, 
oh, thanks to the Thunder, they beat the Suns, so Dallas has a chance to get to four. It's like, bro, the Thunder are a game behind you right now, and Luka isn't playing. Like, I think that was yeah. Nick. But you don't need yeah. to be looking through the windshield. You need to look in that rearview mirror, my guy, <laughs> because they're closing quick. Yeah. So couple of questions to kind of, and, and this will probably close out the show for us tonight. Thunder currently at eight, half game out of seven, half game up on nine and 10. Bit of a rough week coming up. Where do we, like, what, what do we think the final record is? Where do they end the season at? And who are our preferred play-in opponents? So first, let's do record. Uh, I have the schedule pulled up right here. Um, I'm gonna. I've been viewing the schedule in three sections to end the year. I think it's the only logical way to look at the schedule. So I am going to give you guys those three sections. I want you to tell me the record in those three sections. You ready? Yes. Section number one. At Clippers, at Clippers, at Lakers on a back-to-back. Mark Dignall did hint that Shea may play the back-to-back. I'm going to go a little conservative. We're in LA, West Coast road trip, time change, one and two. I think that's where I'm at, too. I am also at one one and two. two. Um, Before the game today, I said the next four Suns, Clippers, Clippers, Lakers, probably one and three. You just bank the win. Okay, so if they go one and two in LA, that would put the Thunder, what are they currently at? What did I say? They have 35, they're 35 and 36. So that would put them at 36 and 38. I'm going to have to do math over here. This is going to be a horrible (laughs) podcast. 36 and 38. The next part of the schedule, part two, is the part I call the easy part. At Portland, Portland may be sitting their guys a week from tonight, to be honest. Yeah. At Portland, home against the Hornets, home against the Pistons, at the Pacers. The Pacers probably also sitting guys at that point. Uh, they're currently at 11th, their game and a half out of the play-in. Um, they would probably enjoy a lottery pick. So four, at Portland, versus Hornets, versus Pistons, at Indiana. Four now? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's very realistic they could go 4 0. I could see them having a game, though, like they get did against yeah. Raptors and it being like a 3 and 1. But yep. I'd be disappointed if it were less than that. Do you guys want to go 3 and 1 or 4 0? I kind of tend to go conservative here 3 okay, and 1. 3 and 1. Let's play it safe. 3 and 1 would put them at 39 and 39. So we know that's not going to happen. <laughs> It'll be 2 and 2. <laughs> The final stretch at home versus the Suns. KD may be back at that point. At the Dubs, at the Jazz, final game, Easter Sunday versus the Memphis Grizzlies. Ooh, that's tough. Shiver me timbers. Jaw will be back. Last game of the season, Grizzlies might already have their seating locked up, and so they're resting guys. Possibly. Maybe. Second to last game of the season, the Jazz probably out of the playoffs and want to get a few more lottery balls. Yep. So Suns at Dubs at Jazz Memphis. My thirst, my first thought was that they split them two and two. 
if we're playing it safe, like we have on the other two, I'm going to say one and three. I tend to lean two and two here. I think the Jazz one is the one that's banked. Yep, you, agreed. Jazz is the easy pick. And at I the think, dubs, probably an L. Yeah. Last games of the season. Phoenix. You never know. Uh, yeah. I the Phoenix like, one, I feel like it's probably an L. Yeah. Agreed. I kind of feel good about the Memphis game. Yeah. The times where Memphis has been really troublesome for the Thunder this year was when Steven Adams was playing really well and just like botting them inside. True. There's no Steven Adams. There's no Brandon Clark. Sorry, Xavier Tillman doesn't scare me. Santi Aldama <laughs> doesn't scare me. Playing small plays into the Thunder's hands, not out of it. True. Let's say we go two and two. Let's spice it up. Two and two. That ends the season at 41 and 41. How poetic would that be? How poetic. They couldn't hit 500 all year. They will hit it on the last game of the season. That's That's what I was going to say is I I feel like what that means is they'll go two and two on the easy stretch and then somehow go three and one in that final stretch to secure 500 (laughs) 500. against Memphis. And then Jacob will take his shirt off in the Paycom Center. Yes, 100%. (laughs) And I'll have um, another shirt, but painted on my body underneath my first shirt. (laughs) Amazing. 41 and 41 lands them where? What seed? I don't think it's enough to get six and bypass the playoffs. Do you guys? Or no, bypass the playoffs. Bypass the play yet. Not 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 at forty one and forty one. Six right now is uh thirty six and thirty five. I don't think forty one wins get you to six. Does it yeah. get you in that seven eight matchup? Yeah. So yeah. let's look. I think it could. So last year, um forty let's see. Ooh. Forty six and thirty six was the seventh seed Timberwolves. Pelicans were at the eighth seed, 36 and 46. Clippers were 42 and 40 at the ninth seed. That's wild. Yeah. But last year was super, like this year, it's way more competitive. Way more competitive. There's so much like just beating up on each other. Parody. Yeah. I think 41 gets you into the seven, eight matchup. Yeah. I was going to say eight. I, I was torn between seven and eight. So definitely the matchup. I don't like the eight because you play on the road, but yeah. then if you lose, you play at home, right? In a in a winner take all. Um, so let's say they make the eight seed, okay? And we have a play in game, eight at seven. Your possible matchups. Uh, I'm going to cl- exclude the Utah Jazz, the Pelicans, and the Blazers here. Yep. I think your possible matchups. You're looking at the Minnesota Timberwolves, Los Angeles Lakers. Golden State Warriors, Dallas Mavericks. I think the Clippers are closing out that game right now against Portland. Uh, So I don't think they're going to slide to 7-8, although I would love that. (laughs) So of Mavericks, Warriors, Wolves, and Lakers, who's the matchup? Like, which one would you feel most confident about? Which one would you feel least confident about? Most confident, I think I'm I'm gonna go with Minnesota. Okay, with a big asterisk of like their size. Obviously, like that that would be the biggest scary part of that matchup. Um, but 
like we've seen how well that's worked for them this season. Like I think they're they're still a, a very beatable team, even though they have a big size advantage on OKC. True. Oh man, that is tough. The Golden State one is the worst one to me. Oh, me, I totally agree. Especially if you have to go to it's not Oracle anymore. What is it? The Chase, Chase Center. And the Thunder are what one and three yeah. now no. this season against the Dubs no. and hadn't beat them since no. 2016 one, one and two. prior to one this. And two. all you're yeah, setting one yourself up for is Clay Thompson to hit 11 threes yeah. on you. <laughs> 11 yeah, in the I, half. if I never have to see Clay in the playoffs again, it'd be yeah. too soon. No, agreed. Uh, I think Golden State goes at the very bottom. Agreed. Next, I'd put the Clippers next. Well, the clip we're not including the Clippers. Oh, okay, okay, Dubs, Dallas, Minnesota. Lakers. I probably put Dallas next. Uh, the the like, like Luca. the Dallas matchup. Is that crazy? I just can't. Kyrie. I just can't with Luca. Like Luca in the playoffs goes to a different tier that could be like Game Six Clay esque. That's like, true. I can see Luca dropping sixty on the Thunder in the play in. I mean, you throw the kitchen sink at Luca. And then you just let the rest of the chips fall where they may. What else did they got? I, and LeBron scares yeah. me because it's LeBron. They are better. AD they are, went they healthy. Much AD, AD scares me more than Luca does. That's kind of where I'm falling on this. But this I, I'm going to hate that. myself for saying. Also, that. if it's Dallas, I can just drive to the game. That True. I would love it from that standpoint. Like the old Dallas Thunder playoff series were really fun. That would be fun. True. Are we but all I putting Minnesota kind of at the up. top as the one we'd like the most? Don't Beating Rudy Gobert to get yes. into the playoffs? Yes. Magic. Chef's kiss. But, like, that's the thing that stands out to me with those four. I don't love any of the four matchups. True. Like, I don't. Fair. Uh, like, like, I mean, that's playoff basketball, though, right? That's like, playoff basketball, for sure. For sure. But I think, yeah, I, I agree with that order. Man, and then the loser of that would have to play Mavericks or Lakers, presumably. Like, yeah, Pelicans. It would be really fun to beat any of those teams in the one hundred percent. Like, so there's a great narrative on beating all of them. So, what's the order? Is it Minnesota, Dallas, Lakers, Warriors? Do we flip flop Lakers and Dallas? I think I would, but I think I'm outvoted on that. <laughs> I for, for whatever weird reason, I would rather have a, the the Mavericks right now. But maybe that's just the uh, I don't know the respect yeah. I have for LeBron. In AD, if if the second or third guy I have to be worried about is <laughs> Maxi Kleba, Maxi Kleba or Christian Wood versus who's the second or third guy out in L.A. like. D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell um, or Malik Beasley. Yeah, Vanderbilt. <laughs> yeah, if, if it comes down <laughs> to Vanderbilt, I feel pretty damn good. good. I love Jared Vanderbilt. Not yeah. scare me too much as a guy that's going <laughs> to knock me out of the playoffs. True. Um, I mean, and with Dallas, I mean, you never know. Like, Luka may be injured. Kyrie may be on a sabbatical. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You just don't know. You don't know that there. There are AD lots of question injured. marks. Yeah. yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, Joseph brings oh, up a good crazy. point in the chat. I also don't know if I could ever live with myself if Austin Reeves went off and knocked us out of the playoffs. <laughs> Touche. Uh... Touche. I the thing I love about facing the Lakers is I, I'm sure y'all have seen, I think it was Clemente that tweeted it out. The screenshots from Lakers oh, Reddit yeah. where they're like so annoyed with the Thunder for winning. And the like, Thunder, why did the Thunder keep winning? It's making stuff more difficult for us. me off. Why are they doing that? The epitome of Don't Lakers exceptionalism. So good. I love it. I feel pretty good against the Wolves. You throw Lou Dort at Anthony Edwards and you just make him yeah. work. What is a. Uh, Jaden McDaniels will guard Shea. And that's kind of scary because Jaden McDaniels is good, dude. Yeah. Like he is good. Yeah, he is. But. I'm Rudy Gobert doesn't scare me. Play J Dub at the five and space Rudy out and shoot threes all game, right? Yeah. Or create seams for Shea to get into the lane. Um, what do we think about uh, Ant's ankle? They said he's day to day. Okay, how the lock? If you play him in the playoffs, just kick it. <laughs> That's the spirit. Stick a few shots out. You'll be all right. <laughs> Zaza style. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Interesting. I think we're going to have Dude. playoff basketball, guys. These are fun conversations to yeah. have again. Like, let, we, we got to go. Th- we got to go through the comments. I know we're a little, running a little late, but we've had a crazy amount of people. The comment section is just like exploding. So we got to go through some of these. Um, last two things before we hit the comments, then we get out of here. First one is not play in, but right now, March 19th, Make a prediction. Do we have playoff basketball? That was another thing Zach Lowe mentioned. He said, if the Thunder make it in and they come back to Oklahoma City 1-1, you don't want those problems. He said, that place is going to be insane. Oh, my God. He remembers. Yes. Do we have playoff basketball in Oklahoma City in a month? Because it would be a month. The season and the Thunder's last game is April 9th. So a month from now is April 19th. There would be playoff basketball right now. Is that happening in Oklahoma City? Do they win the play-in? So hard. I'm going to say yes. Justin! I'm going to answer with my heart. <laughs> yes. I ha- I feel like I have to atone for rooting for the tank the last couple weeks to, to say yes. That's We're going to have playoff basketball. here's the thing if we collectively agreed and predicted them to end with the seventh or eighth spot in the west at the season's end i would be shocked at the way this team at pending injuries the way this team is playing right now if they lost two games in a row so i i think yes add me to the list boys yeah, buddy. We are going to have a playoff preview podcast. Do you guys remember watch party playoff post games? Oh, my God. When we'd all just get on. We, those weren't live streamed. Yeah. Those were right. back in the day. I don't even think we looked at each other's faces. I think we were just on an audio format. Yep. So the YouTube good. chat's going to be wild when the yes. Thunder go up 2-1 after winning a game in OKC. Degenerates. Yeah. A plenty. Oh. So this this is a good segue to one of the questions in the chat from Tamara. If you make the playoffs, Denver, Sacramento, Ooh. Memphis, Clippers, 
Phoenix. How do you rank those? Sacramento's got to go first, right? I mean, they're yeah. good, but they're really good. Yeah. But they don't have the experience either. I, I, ca- I kind of want the smoke from Memphis, though. I, I, Memphis was my second one. That would be fun. And then is if, it weird for me to say if, then Denver, then Clippers? Not necessarily. Denver's been struggling, dude. Yeah. Jokic would if, tear if us I'm, up, but If I am Thunder game day ops, game three in Oklahoma City, Thunder versus Memphis, I'm every seat has a t-shirt and a little water gun <laughs> that you got to flash on Instagram Gosh. for John Morant. <laughs> Drop Incredible. fake dollar bills from the rafters. <laughs> Justin, you want to take us through the rest of the comments real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, there's a lot of them. So. There's a lot. I don't know that I'm going to hit all of them. If I don't read your comment, it doesn't mean we don't love you. We uh, love all of you. The stream was hopping tonight, and we love to see it. It's incredible. A man calling out. We need a degenerate shirt. Oh, that that's on Justin, folks. <laughs> also, we, shut, we do have a sicko shirt. Shout this out to true. the degenerate squad, because we got three post games that will be starting at about midnight this week. Yeah. Uh, Nick's got Tuesday. I've got Thursday. Justin's got Friday. Yeah. So the real degenerates are going to be out this week as I'm firing up the post game at 12.05 p.m. Yeah. A.M. A.M. That's how time works. Yeah. Um, Let's see. We've got Tamara saying if we're 41 and 41, I think we'll be seven. Six if we're lucky. Dude, if they get six and we don't even have to worry about the play-in, Spicy. I love it. Joseph calling his shot. 43 wins, just like I said at the beginning of the season. Joseph, I hope you're right, my guy. What about this from Unhandy Train? Lou Dort's playmaking has actually been a lot better this season than in years past, and no one has talked about it. I think some of it's been good, but there's been equally a lot of bad decisions made offensively. Um, I would, if it's, Hey, there's a lot of good passes, but also a lot of bad decisions or he's not playmaking as much, but the bad decisions are also low. Give me the low of both of those versus the high of both of those. That's just me though. What do I know? Here's a fun one from stone weaver who receives the sixth most starts on the thunder next year, assuming no injuries. I think we feel pretty good. Probably about a starting five. Who's number yeah. six? Six-month starts. That is that is tough. Jay will I think that's that would probably be my answer. Interesting. Maybe Oos, like a uh, hot take candidate. Poku? Oh, Poku's a good one. That's a po- great one. Poku? That is a good one. Assuming no my injuries. Poku. Assuming yeah. no injuries. Poku or... Bolt, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Had a great G League game today. Yes, he did. Uh, Poku or whoever they trade up to draft in this draft. Mm, there you Poku go. Poku or Jarris Walker, folks. Okay. There's some thinking. Uh, Kamel asks, are we at the point where we need to complete the team with needed profile as a competitive team or draft for talent as a building team? Ooh, I think, Taylor, you go first on this one. That's a really good question. 
and look, Presley would tell you that it's not as black and white. Um, he's going to do a little bit of both. But I think for the sake of the question, sake of the podcast, I would probably go with the former. Like, I think you draft a little more based off need. Now, with that being said, you still take the best available talent, the guy highest on your board. Um, but I would like to see them take somebody that fits a little more better with this team. And I think a lot of that is due to the accelerated roster um, or the accelerated team um, and how they perform this season. I think that kind of pushes the Thunder towards more towards need than competitiveness. Or sorry, for than um drafting for just highest upside. What are your thoughts, Jacob? They're going upside over fit. Ooh. You can't convince me. Every otherwise. time? You can't convince me otherwise. I just feel like you have so many upside projects already. I know. It just worries I know. me a little bit. But you're right. Like I don't think they're strictly press, gonna pick for fit. Yeah. From our guy Meek Leak on the open trade market, who has more value? Josh or Dub? I think J-Dub. I think so, too. I think J-Dub because he fits in more situations. Josh is a more unique player, so you need a more unique situation. So this comes down to supply and demand. Yep. Dub is in demand for 29 teams. Josh, maybe it's only 20. Yep. Love it. Um, let's see. Last but not least, let's end with a Taylor roast because we had so many of those <laughs> at the beginning of, of the stream. Uh, we're gonna go with Kieran. Taylor looks like the kid that's up way past his bedtime and doesn't want his mom to catch him. Got the yes. blanket over his head with the little light on his Game Boy color. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to trade with my friends across the street. Yeah, with the, the link cable. Grinding Amazing. out in Viridian yeah. Forest. <laughs> those were the days. <laughs> got to do what you got to do, man. Amazing. <laughs> As we get out of here, we got to do predictions real quick. Tuesday at the Los Angeles Clippers. Justin? Let's go, duh. Justin is on one tonight. I love it. Taylor? I'm going in L. Give me the win. Yes. Like it. Take that hopium. Thursday at the Clippers again. Let's run it back. Justin, what happens? Loss. Taylor? <laughs> no way they lose two in a row. That's my W. Okay. And then second night of a back-to-back Friday, same building, this time against the Los Angeles Lakers. Justin? I'm going to give him an L again. Taylor? I said two and two on this trip. I think that other win comes against Portland, so L against the Lakers. Give me the win. There it is. Take down the Lakers this guy hey the chat insane thank you guys so much for joining us live if you haven't yet we literally have people in the chat saying first time to join live this is awesome love you guys don't miss out we'll be back literally at midnight central time on tuesday but if you can't swing a midnight post game this week we're back again next sunday 9 p.m sub to the youtube channel also follow us on whatever social media platforms you enjoy. We're on all of them. Subscribe to the pod wherever you download podcasts at. Drop that five-star rating. would mean a ton to us. We got you guys covered all week. We've got about three weeks left of the season. Regular season. Hey. Because we're going to have some post-game basketball. As Eamon says, join the degenerates this week, the late-night boys, as we stay up and do some post-game pods. You guys have a great start to your week. 
bask in this in this Thunder victory. Go brag at work tomorrow. Go brag at school tomorrow. This team's doing some special stuff. We will be back with you Tuesday after the Thunder take on the Clippers, specifically Nick Will. Until then, as always, Thunder up. <laughs>